0: Hey folks welcome back to Carolina conservatives we are preachers with a punch and folks we have been regularly asked uh, uh, you know just about everywhere that Alan has gone particularly yeah is for us to start dealing with the homeschool issue because we are seeing more and more especially in North Carolina Democrats introducing legislation where they want to take over homeschools and they want to get more control, more oversight of homeschools. So, folks, you've asked for it, and we're going to give it to you. This is our homeschool episode. I'm Dr. Nathan Street.
1: I'm Pastor Alan Mashford. And as you know, I'm running for lieutenant governor. And as I go around the state and in all the, all of these social media groups, we're getting – I hesitate to use the word hammered, but we are getting pretty uh, uh, frequent – Uh, notes and questions. What do you think about this? Would you address this bill? Would you do that? I guess the biggest thing that we need to address, and then we're going to highlight some of the bills here in just a moment, which include Senate Bill 411, students in homeschool take the PSAT, uh, House Bill 800, um, public school part-time enrollment, House Bill 420, uh, which is expanding and consolidating K-12 scholarships, and then uh, Senate Bill 665, which adds home to homeschool to the opportunity scholarship. So if we had to title this episode, we'd say, why is the homeschool community so against or adamantly against uh, school choice or the voucher system? And I'm a homeschool father and we have four children. And so this is very important to me. And we are, we are the campaign. I am the candidate that will stand strong for your rights of privacy and your liberty in your homeschools, So Dr. Street has an extensive background in education. He has served in the classroom. He has served in administration. He served in county and district administration. And now on the professor level of teaching the next generation of uh, teachers and professors coming up. So he has a very different viewpoint that he's going to share that brought him over and help and is going to help us in our case for homeschool in protecting that. So I'm going to let him share that, but let me tell you something. We are on the cutting edge of fighting for homeschool. We're going to deal with it just a moment. Why is the homeschool community so against school vouchers or school choice?
0: Well, pastor, let me just start by saying this. I, I want to be just completely full disclosure, openly and honest here. I love our homeschool parents and our homeschool community, and I want them to understand something, where I'm coming from. I was, for the longest time, very anti-homeschool. As I worked in the public school, I am a 20-plus year veteran of public school. I am a product of of public school. Uh, I went to a private undergraduate college and went to a private college for my doctorate. I did go to a public college for my master's degree. I'm not against public school. I'm not against public education. Let me say it that way. I am against public school, and there is a difference. But that's neither here nor there right now. But over the last seven years, I would say, of me watching the devolution of public education spiraling down the toilet, and I do mean it that way, spiraling down the toilet of this woke garbage, diversity, equity, inclusion garbage, CRT, critical race theory, LGBT, gender pronouns and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I've seen that coming down the road a long time and started sounding the alarm uh, on it long before 2020 when it kind of broke loose. And my mindset began to change dramatically about homeschool because here's what I started thinking about. I am not a dad. I've, I've been a teacher for of thousands of children. So I kind of consider myself, you know, I've had many children and worked with many children, but I am not a father myself. But I got to thinking, if I were a father, would I want my child to go through that garbage? The clear answer was no. And that's when my mindset began to change. As of today, I have completely done a 180. And I would be a homeschool parent if I had children myself. And I would never put a child in public public school. That does not change my mindset of that. I am still an advocate for public education. Now that's different, but public schooling, I'm not an advocate for anymore. And so homeschoolers should, the parents should have complete and utter autonomy over the education of their children because it is their responsibility to educate their children. And that's where that's where I have come to. Now, as far as these bills, yeah, there's some things we need to think about on these bills. There's some things that that parents need to know, and our legislators need to understand, legislators need to understand as well, Pastor.
1: So uh, let's deal with the elephant in the room, and I call it that because whenever it's brought up, homeschools, uh, homeschoolers and homeschool families always issue their stance, right? Right out in front in, uh, in social media concerning school choice. Now we know that it is running rampant all over the, all over the country. One thing I learned as a pastor, uh, is, uh, discernment is very, very, very important, uh, when dealing with people, when dealing with politics, with when dealing with ministry, um, when the majority is, is always jumping on the bandwagon, trying to go in a certain direction that's when it's time to start taking notice and making sure that you're going in the right direction now you know as well as i do when i when we started this podcast i got on the bo- i got on board with school with school choice because it made sense it made sense to have the the money follow the student but here's, here's my real concern, and, and and this is why the homeschool community is so concerning, because they have, they, they've spent the time, they've spent the money with their children, they have, um, they love their children. That's not to say anybody who doesn't homeschool doesn't, but I'm simply saying that, that they tend to uh, look more in-depth to matters and try to see the long view instead of the short-term gain of things. So having said that, um, I fear, I fear, and I hope I'm wrong, but I fear that this school choice model that we have, uh, uh, that we see States jumping on board and, and, and the, the funds following the student, here's what I fear. I fear that the money that, uh, parents might receive from that vouchers or whatever opportunity scholarships. I fear it's going to be a Trojan horse in which the government can, and by historical matter we've seen, have come back and required certain requirements to get said funds. So bear with me here and follow the thought process. If the government ever did that, then we're not accomplishing anything because we're just allowing their tentacles to get more and more into the private school system, which is exactly what Karl Marx design, uh, had said and wanted and, and the United Nations has bought them to. So uh, I love the concept, but I just don't see a way that that we can prevent the government and everything they touch, they taint. Uh, they have ruined public education since department of education was formed by Jimmy, Jimmy Carter in the late seventies. We have seen title IX, which we thought was going to be a great thing to, 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 and we see it being weaponized by this administration to spread the gender ideology. So as a homeschool parent answering this question on behalf of tons of probably over 200,000 homeschool students, the reason why homeschoolers uh, adamantly stand against the school choice and the voucher system is because they have made a choice not to allow the government to impose in their in their educating of their children. And if they decided to to buy into that, which it would be completely optional anyway, but if they decided to buy into that. You're just opening the door for the government to be able to come in and say, okay, you're getting you're getting government funds. And you can say these are tax dollars all day long. They are tax dollars. But once you give taxes to the government, you're out of control. So uh, it, it's federal dollars, uh, state dollars, whatever you want to call it. But it, um, uh, th- that's what I see. It. I see it as a Trojan horse. And I think we have to use discernment because the politicians have never used discernment. They're all about creating a solution for a problem that they created that will, in turn, cause a problem for the next election cycle that they can run on and and get elected because they have a solution. That's why we we have politicians who don't want to ban abortion. They've run on it for 50 years. I mean, good grief. They're not going to be able to run on it if they ban it. So we have to get the career politicians out. Yeah. I have to go back to this. The way you remove a bacteria is you remove it surgically. Um, And the problem doesn't lie just in the public school system. We have teachers that want to do their job. And we've seen a mass exodus of good, good teachers, good educators. And we're going to see more of that. And that's sad. But the problem comes from the higher up, the bureaucracy. And the garbage and the the agenda-driven universities and the agenda-driven universities uh, 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 of uh, of of uh, the government uh, mandates or whatever. If you want this or if you get this, you have to do this. And so uh, that's a long explanation, but you see what you see. What we're trying to do, we're trying to handle a problem, put a band aid on it. But in essence, the problem doesn't go
0: away. No,
1: because it just exacerbates.
0: It does. And so here's the, here's the main issue with that is that it's funding and it's our tax structure. So in North Carolina, we have, North Carolina has an archaic funding public education funding system, and it is funded through property taxes. And so, the argument could be made and legitimately so that there should never be a tax on, on something I've already purchased. You know, I've already purchased my home. I've already purchased my vehicle. I've paid sales tax on that. Why am I continuing to pay property tax on it? Mm -hmm. I'm being punished just because I own something. You're being punished for existing. Yep. I totally get that. As a matter of fact, I support that. I think that there should not be property tax. But in North Carolina, that's what pays to educate children right now. Until that tax structure is changed by someone that's going to have some guts to go in there and change that. You get governors and lieutenant governors like Mark Robinson and like Alan Mashburn in, who are going to go in there and fight for people instead of fighting for the system that has been that has kept everybody down for so long. You're not, you're not going to get that change. So the tax structure has to change. Until then. You have to work within the parameters that you're given, and so you are given right now a an archaic education system and the way that it is funded in North Carolina. So how do you work with that until you can change it? So what should happen? Homeschool parents are right in that why are we why are we having a PSAT? Why are they being forced to take PSAT? Let me go one step even further, Pastor. Why is any child being forced to take a test that we have to, as taxpayers, we have to pay for, for every child to take that test. The PSAT is not given for free, everybody. You need to understand this. Every child, a high school child, has to take the PSAT. And yes, it is used for scholarship funding, but why are school systems forcing uh, students to take the PSAT? That should never be the case. Same thing with ACT. Should never be the case because we are paying for for students to take that. So we should never be doing anything like that, let alone forcing homeschool students to take it. There should not be any standardized testing, period, because we spend billions, with a B, billions of dollars on standardized testing that goes to Pearson Corporation that we fund and other states fund to give these tests to students. Every single school district or school should have their own testing and how they, how they conduct their own tests. Now, let me say this, that when you have this system that is in place, what you really need, this tax system, what you really need is a way for homeschool parents who are absorbing 100% of the cost of educating their children. When they go on a field trip, they absorb all that cost. When they buy textbooks for their kids, they absorb all that cost. When they buy these online programs for kids to participate in online, they absorb all that cost. Whereas in public education, it is shared amongst everybody through communism, through socialism. So they're absorbing all this cost. So there should be a box that they are able to check on their on their uh, taxes that say, I'm a homeschool parent and then they get to keep their tax money that year. That's And that should be for K-12. As long as they're homeschooling, Mm -hmm. they get their taxes refunded to them. Now, if you choose to to homeschool, if you choose to send your children to private school, public school, or charter school, then that's when that money, as of right now, that's when that money needs to be uh, turned back around and given back to parents of K-12 students There is this thing called ADM, Average Daily Membership, that right now your state, people, whether you have children or not, your state is taking that money, giving it to school districts, superintendents and school boards, and letting them spend it with however they choose to spend it, whether they buy 25 different superintendents or whether they actually buy materials for the classroom. That's not, the state doesn't do that. With little to no accountability. Right. Little to no accountability. And so how are we going to stop that system right now? The way to do that, you have to take an incremental approach. You have to first stop public schooling by attaching the money that has been allocated for every student and given to school districts. You give it back to parents and say, the only string that's attached is that you must use it for education however you see fit. You must use it for education. If we don't, when Democrats get in control, they're going to take these opportunity scholarships, these voucher programs, and they are going to attach more strings, and they are going to infiltrate Christian private schools, and they're going to dictate to you how you do education and the curriculum you use. It's going to happen if we don't do something now to take the money out of the hands of the politicians and out of the hands of the school districts, and put it back in the hands of the parents and give everyone rather than school choice, give them parent choice, yes. which is the way it should be for how they educate their children. It's not my choice as a taxpayer. It's not pastor's choice as a taxpayer. It's your choice as a pe- tax paying parent as to how you use your money. And I know this man pastor Mashburn and a governor Robinson is going to believe in that then parent choice of giving parents power, giving the power back to the parents over the education of their children. That's what it's about.
1: Let's build on what he just said, because uh, two things I point out, I'll go on record as a candidate for Lieutenant governor and saying, I want to do exactly what he's, he's saying that we should do that. uh, You should be exempt from property taxes, on things you've already bought specifically, I think you ought to be exempt across the board for things you've already done, but specifically because property taxes go toward education, then you need to not pay your property taxes. And that goes back into you homeschooling your children. That takes care of a lot of things. Number one, it keeps the government's hand of overreach out of your home, out of your homeschool. Secondly, he, he, very eloquently detailed why I am not jumping on the school choice band because this state look at the the logistics of this state in the elections sadly we are seeing a growth rate in the suburban areas that is much leaning toward blue much more than red we are turning into while while Virginia is turning from from purple or blue to red they're purple and then turning red is what i'm told from from uh, governor yunkins advisors and we've been in contact with them but north carolina is heading purple and it is it's coming the democrats will be back in control one day if we don't continue to stand so if we go ahead and pass this legislation and everything sounds good. But guess what? They already issue a, a dropping bills, filing bills to have the overreach into homeschools. They're going to take those tentacles that the government has in the private institutions and in the homeschools. And they're going to call in that debt one day and they're going to require overreach. They're going to require curriculum changes. They're going to require the Marxism or you're just going to be out of luck. You're going to lose it. So don't buy into it. Okay. Politicians never look at anything with an end result. They only do things for certain elections. And, uh, that's why we have to get politicians out. And I'll tell you this, we need not ever try to put a politician or a political operative back in who's been in there for 30 years. I'll add that. And we all know exactly where I'm going with that. That's why we have to have concerned citizens, patriots, who love the country, love the constitution and love freedom. We bought into the idea that government is here to solve our problems. No, government is here to protect the thought and the fact of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If you want to be happy, then you better keep government out of your home.
0: Pastor, there's one aspect of this I think we also need to lift up, and that's teachers. Uh, because there are going to be a lot of teachers that, that listen to this that are going to want to know, well, how, what about me? I'm yeah. going to lose my job. I want teachers to understand something. You are being paid as little as humanly possible. Guess what? We at Carolina Conservatives, we are in favor of you being paid far, far, far more money for what you do, especially you good teachers. Now, you teachers who don't really want to teach, you just want to indoctrinate, you should probably go do something else. Maybe you should become a preacher and and, and start preaching your cultish beliefs. Maybe that's yeah. what you should do and see how many people want to follow you. But teaching is not for you. Now, let me tell you, you good teachers who, you know, you're probably making $50,000 a year and that's with your uh, with your benefits. Maybe 60000 if you've been in it 20 plus years. Maybe. Those of you who just started, you're, Barely scraping by, probably with 35,000 a year. Uh, I get it. I was there. I suffered too. I know how little teachers make. But the reason why you make so little is because the government is controlled. This is the truth. Whether we want to accept it or not, because the government is in control, teachers are poor. Teachers, there are some teachers in Japan right now, because they teach privately. And they are in such demand because of the results that they get. They are millionaires. Right now, they are making millions of dollars because they are so good at what they do. And they're in such high demand. Imagine you good teachers who get results. Rather than making 50, 60 grand a year, if you were making millions of dollars a year because you are so good at everybody wants you to teach their children, you could name your price. And, those have, and, and this system that we're talking about, changing this tax system and having the dollars follow the children as, a, as an incremental step into changing the tax system overall and doing something new with education, you know, imagine you being t- a teacher at a school where there is no central office, there is no superintendent, no school board, it's school and school and school and school here and there, and they're operating themselves. And you're so good. You're a good teacher and you're getting results, imagine that school B across the town says, hey, I know you're good. I want you to come and teach in my school because I need to attract more kids to my school to get those dollars to come to my school. Why don't you come teach with me? You, as the teacher, then get to say, okay, well, I'm making $65,000 a year at this school. What can you offer me? Well, I'll offer you eighty thousand to come work. All right, then you go back to your principal and you say, "Well, they're offering me eighty thousand dollars to come over there. What can you do? Look where your negotiation power has just went to." Good teacher, you might be making six figures a year by you just by this this uh, this opportunity being in place for you because we've gotten government overload overlords out of the way, so that you can be in control of your own future and your own salary. Imagine that.
1: That's the opportunity scholarships we should be looking at. Yes. Because we have teachers now who are expected to be parents. We have teachers who are expected to be police. They can't teach. They can't do what they want because because they're having to be everything. And
0: that's why we're having a mass exodus of the good teachers. And they don't want to be everything. They do it because they love children. And they shouldn't have to do that. But that's exactly what uh, is exactly right. It should be an opportunity scholarship for the teachers to be able to get out from the oppressiveness of the government and be able to teach freely and make the money that they deserve to make. And uh, because they are the professionals that they are. And listen, listen, folks eliminating this sort of stuff and eliminating these top heavy bureaucracies at the central office and these six-figure salaries that are being made at central offices and not in the schools, if we were to eliminate that and let that money then go to the school to allocate for teachers, these teachers that are doing nothing but indoctrinating children, we would all of a sudden be hearing less and less and less of that. I guarantee it.
1: I have forever been against, uh, superintendents making way more, uh, than the teachers. Um, even though there's a lot of responsibility, uh, on a superintendent, it is nothing compared to that of that teacher. Who's in the classroom investing their own money. A lot of times, not just their own time, because the teacher's job is not eight to five or it's not eight to three. It is, uh, it follows you home. My wife taught in public private uh, school and now she's a homeschool teacher. And so she has all of that. But I remember her coming home from public and private school when she taught there and, and working three or four hours beyond once she got home. So uh, we really can't pay them enough, but uh, what Dr. Street is talking about would be uh, exactly a way to show them who excelled uh, appreciation because they, they literally could
0: demand their price uh, based upon their performance. And pastor, they've got to stop listening to the Democrats because the Democrats want the government to be in control and to, and to make sure that bad teachers are paid just as much as the good teachers and good teachers are paid just as much as the bad teachers. Yeah. That, that's what they want to ensure and the NCAE and the SCAE are all working in tandem with that because your leaders in those, in those, they're not really unions, but they, they are associations. They're making six figures and they, they keep <clears> you <throat> under control. They stay in power and they, and they keep rolling the money in. So listen, teachers, why don't you cast off your, your government overlords mm-hmm. and your, six-figured administrators. Yeah. It's not working for you. It's not, it's never worked. No, you're not a, going to get more money. And while we're having to pay for trash
1: while you're on the subject of, you just said, stop listening to the Democrats. Let me put this in there. Republicans stop praising a Democrat who decides to jump over into the Republican side. Exactly. Stop putting them on a pedestal. They have not done anything special yet. Okay. So they must prove themselves. The Bible distinctly gives us as pastors instruction not to lay hands suddenly on a novice. And uh, no one wakes up one morning and says, you know what? I'm just sick and tired of this mentality, this ideology, and then immediately embraces uh, uh, the truth of the other side. Now, I'm not saying anything else beyond that, but I am saying that that person should not be put on a pedestal. They should be allowed to work alongside, to watch, to prove themselves. Stop jumping on the bandwagon of someone who's proving leadership because, because they just cho- chose to jump sides. They're not conserved in more than a week and a half, two weeks. Um, so don't give me that garbage. I want to see true conviction. I want to see true principles, not in name only. I want to see it, in fact, in in living out in their lives, and so uh, uh, stop. That 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 shows no discernment, and I keep going back to this word, discernment. Discernment. There is absolutely no discernment. Discernment means that you have you have the ability to judge well, and you see the 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 issue at hand. You're able to see what possible obstacles is in front of you what the ramifications of a decision could be doesn't mean you know everything but it means that you're aware and you expect it so you need more discernment i had a representative who i will not call his name but he's in the uh, general assembly called me the other day and said why are you and i on always on opposite sides of something And I said, because you vote for the bills, but I actually read the bills. (laughs) You have got to read the bills before you support them, before you sponsor them, before you vote for them. That is no discernment. And if that's what you're doing in any place, in any state house, then you need to either improve your performance or you need to resign because nobody needs that kind of representation.
0: No. And you hit the nail on the head, Pastor. Discernment is the word because they they also play, Republicans particularly, conservatives are really bad at this, play the short game. These progressive leftists, they've been they've been at this for a hundred years to make these changes that they have that they are making now. They didn't give up. Whenever they lost a the battle, they just kept pressing until they won it we win a battle and we go back and we, we, we celebrate. And then we think, well, we, we've, we've won that. We don't have to worry about it again. No. Or we lose a battle and then we go back with our tail tucked between our legs and we say, oh, well, we lost that one. Maybe, you know, maybe it won't be so bad after all. I'm no, telling but- you, I, I get yeah, so yeah, yeah. frustrated.
1: I get so frustrated because we can, we can win a little battle and we make a victory lap for three weeks. Yeah, We're so far behind. There's no time to make a victory lap. You just start knocking down the next opponent, the next obstacle. You don't have time for a victory lap. You are on the brink of losing this country. Get yep. a grip, Republicans. Yes, I'm very passionate about it because I'm sick and tired of the of the pussyfooting around. We have to realize that we're on the brink of losing our country, and we need to be proactive and need to be realizing that we're in a battle. We're in a war. Stop with the stupid victory laps over something that you win and start standing for the long game. The Democrats never celebrate five weeks or three weeks or two weeks. They are always constantly working against us. And the sooner you realize that we're in a spiritual warfare, the better off our country will be because you will consistently fight and keep yourself on a spiritual cutting edge and always represent the our party platform well and stand on it. If you're not going to stand on it, then go find yourself another job. Get yourself an honest job and go go join the other party if you don't agree and stand on our party platform. We, the people, are pissed
0: and we're sick of it. Either fight to annihilate your enemy. Yes. I mean enemy. I do mean because they are our enemies. They are enemies of the state. Either you fight to annihilate the enemy or you get out of the way and let those of us who are willing to fight to annihilate the enemy get up there to where we can.
1: Yeah, I don't want to be a career politician. I want to save our country for our future. I want our children, my children to have a future. And I'm sick and tired of career politicians standing in our way.
0: Right. That's what we are all about here, folks. And homeschool parents, we really need you to get on board, to support us, because we're behind you. Dr. Street's coming to a close now that my blood pressure's boiling. (laughs) (laughs) We better do that right now. (laughs) Folks, look, not only homeschool parents, private school parents, charter school parents, those who do favor parent choice in education, you need to come on board and support us with Carolina Conservatives. Give us a voice. Let us come out and speak at your events so that we can learn more about you. Come on and talk to us. What are we missing? What do we what do we need to know? We want to know your perspective because it is you is who we are supporting and your rights, your God-given rights. As the priest of your home, dad, as the as the homemaker, mother, as the ones who are going to be forming this child in the way that he or she is going to go. As Proverbs tells us, for the rest of his or her life, It's your responsibility. You'll stand before God and you'll give an account for this. Not the teachers, not the school district, not the politicians, you. And so we need to know what you think about this. And we need you to support us and particularly get behind Pastor Mashburn as he is running for lieutenant governor because he's going to be the one that's going to have an open door for you and want to know what you think all the time about these things and how this is going to affect your rights as a parent to educate your children. Folks, that's what we've got to do. We've got to join together. Come and join together with us so that we can stand shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, and we can fight the long game to annihilate our enemies together. That's what we need to see and what we need to do here at Carolina Conservatives Preachers with a Punch. I'm Dr. Nathan Street.
1: And I'm Pastor Alan Mashburn. Yes, I am your candidate for lieutenant governor, and I will be your staunch bastion for truth and defender, your valiant for truth, if you will, for homeschools and for your liberty to maintain that home school, to keep government overreach out. And I am sick and tired of government and politicians causing our problems so that they can only offer us their solutions. So stand with us. And we have been taking a hit. We have not been very verbal about this, and I'm going to take just a second. But we have had, in the last week, we've had our church website uh, uh, attack. We've had our campaign website attack. We've had a MacBook, which is totally hard to do. We've had a MacBook totally destroyed by a, a cyber attack. We are taking the hits because we are on the right track. We've had Riley Gaines come up and she's going to be coming for us, uh, going around in rallies very soon. We'll have more to say about that. She's endorsing our campaign and, and more of that. But listen to me, this is the reason why we're doing what we're doing. We see the end result and we have to have a change. We have to stand for truth. And that's what we've been doing on Carolina conservatives. And that's what I'm going to do as your Lieutenant Governor. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back soon. God bless you.